everybody. Welcome to a conversation on Genesis. This is week three of a conversation on Genesis. Were you about to say that? <laughs> this is very good. I don't know what I was about to say. <laughs> Brain's not fully working this morning. Do you... Is that a thing? Do, do people... It is a thing, huh? Brain not work? Well, just, yeah. I only know my percentage of brain capacity I have. <laughs> I'm currently around 70%. Wow. That's not terrible. Usually in the that's morning, a, usually in the morning is the only time of the day I'm at 100. Yeah. Did you wake up below 100 today? Yeah, I did. I don't know why. Because you went to bed at 9 instead of 8.30. Did you go to bed at 9? I heard all the time. I went to bed. Son of a style later. No. Oh, my goodness. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, Kelsey is running the Grandma's Marathon this weekend. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but, which is, I thinking of being a little bit behind, like, or not your complete self. Doing a marathon is like a moment, like if you like, like man, my foot hurts a little bit at the start, or like my hamstring's a little tight at the start. Any of those things, times twenty six miles is just implodes. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Meaning, would you run a lot of marathons? I would not. <laughs> okay, I would, I'm, bucket maybe someday. Maybe someday. No, I probably won't do it on accident. On <laughs> accident. Somebody I was talking to, they were training for a marathon, and then they started getting shin splints, yeah. and like was like, you know what? Maybe maybe half a marathon's fine. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I think that's mentality. I mean, the only way to make shin that splints would be go away is just keep doing it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that is that true. It's just one. I think they just. I mean, they are. They don't disappear. You just have to. You have to build up your tolerance. It's not like a. I don't think it's like a. Necessarily, like, like it's it? not hurting you. It's like tendonitis can be. Just gonna tell us. Just dis- discomfort. How do you get rid of shin? It's a lot of warm stuff. It's yeah, it's it's stretching and icing and Rather your good heels. bed shoes and <clears throat> work with a physical therapist person. And they don't go it's they don't go away unless you really stretch and really work on it until the point where they just don't happen anymore. Yeah. If you wanna make friends, somebody who has plantar fasciitis, <laughs> just tell them, I think that's made up. You're fine. Foot pain. That is one of the most painful things it is. literally ever. Looks. Yeah, I've never had it. You never had it? It literally feels like somebody has a hot, like a thousand degree butter knife and is sticking it into the bridge of your foot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not sharp, but they're getting it through there. <laughs> oh, so, gosh. Every time you step, it's like. So I had had that, and then my brother's bachelor party was at a paintball place, and we were playing, and at one point I pushed off to run, and I saw I thought someone shot me with a paintball in the bottom of my foot. Yep. And I'm like, I'm out, I'm out. And I went and said, no, wait, wait, that doesn't make sense. I'm wearing shoes. Like, it yeah. wouldn't have felt that way. Yeah, yeah. So I took my shoe off, oh. and I had popped a tendon. Oh, yeah. So the bottom of my foot went oh. just bruised, like blood. Oh, not outside, inside. Yeah. Uh, inside. Yeah, the blood stayed inside, but not inside where it's supposed to be. Yeah, not yeah. not nice. But it felt like that, and they reminded me of. It's very painful, <laughs> and stretching is the only way to make it go away. 
foot stretches. So, sir, we've been in Genesis. I think this our transition. No, secular. I think. I mean, the life. I just feel this over and over again. I've been uh, writing this uh, kind of over and over in our uh, notes for these. Are you gonna pop me? No, mm. not yet. Um, we, we have a popper in the room and it's just dangerous. But there is, um, I think life has a bunch of mm. challenges. <laughs> uh, like think, getting the word uh, challenges like, out. Like, 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 you don't have to have, you talk with like real people and like if people can have a moment of just honesty, uh, which it happens, that actually can be kind of rare. But uh, I think some of the like skewing of even my own perspective, I think that we're pretty like raw, real with each other. <laughs> trying to be. Yeah, that was terrible or that was fine, whatever. And uh, and and for me, that can be hard. I want to be okay more than most people probably. But um, life has so many challenges. Parenting, if, you, if you're a parent, it's hard. If you have, if you have friends, friendship is hard. Uh, if you have parents or siblings or it, all these things, which are like, yeah, we, for sure, we have all these things. But um, it, there are so many complexities all around us. Mm -hmm. And if we, like, I think cultural perspective, I think America, the American dream perspective that the goal of being able to be self-sufficient uh, and upwardly mobile self-sufficient mm -hmm. as being like a cultural objective really plays in odds or in consequence of odds uh, against what it is to live life because <laughs> life is hard and yeah. doing it in isolation uh, or doing it even communally and healthily does not remove the hard. Mm -hmm. And um, why do we, why are we, walking into Genesis, why are we trying to, mm -hmm. why do we spend so much time as a church, as a community, like digging into scripture, having conversations, not letting it just be like simple answers. Why do we leave it continue like this is because, uh, the process is so stinking important mm -hmm. and in process, um, if, if I can engage process, even when it's not pretty perfect, even healthy, if I can engage process, it's actually, there's probably a doorway to understanding God better and why or how he relates to me and how I'm supposed to relate to him and how that impacts how we relate with each other. Mm -hmm. And Genesis is this doorway into that. It's, uh, look at, here's, here's God. Mm -hmm. uh, it is not simple, but, uh, it's he, confusing even. Yes. <laughs> but the precedent is set from the beginning that God is working over the top hard to have valued relationship with humanity. And while humanity has, is very quickly building a sequence of, yeah, I'm pretty good at failure. <laughs> God, God doesn't implode it. It just, it, it's not clean. It's not simple and not easy, but it's not over. And that's what we walk in. And so when I have a moment where I go, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know what to do with this. So I don't know how to relate. I, if everything feels broken, uh, it's, I can walk into a processing of Genesis and, Genesis and go, oh yeah, they, <laughs> they felt that too. And, uh, um, I can walk forward even generations or 
he comments <laughs> and uh, go, oh, it wasn't over. It really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, Genesis is really the processing of, uh, of that tension of this is, well, the human perspective, the humanity side of it is the processing of like that both, which is what we struggle with now today is both good and imperfect. Mm -hmm. Like how do we hold those things? And the reason, probably the reason these people shared and passed down these stories for so long was because it, it put some sense to that mm -hmm. context of like, how can, how can the people around me, how can I both be good and also have this overwhelming uh, feeling of imperfection and yeah, how, can we, how can we hold those things together at the same time? Yep. Yeah. And if we like, if, if the goal of engaging in this process or the drive to engage in this process is guilt or obligation or religiosity or whatever, um, I mean, that's, that's not going to last long, but I think the thing that is like compelling long-term is that your perfection is known. It's given God's desire to have relationship with you. Uh, have faith in that and, um, walk closer. Just keep, keep, keep on moving and invite others to enjoy, join in the process as well. We don't have to oversell it. <clears throat> we don't have to like come to, come to Jesus and you'll never have a problem again. Right. Uh, but the thing that is, is so remarkable is, uh, come to Jesus because God really, the creator, <clears throat> uh, still looks at creation and, and says, it is good. Yeah. And I desire to have relationship in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about, <laughs> I mean, that was, um, that's good. I was thinking a lot about just Cain and Abel, because that's what we're talking about this week. Murder. And murder. And like, just how, like Cain and Abel, the story. And I keep, because of just the way we've been walking through Genesis, I keep thinking, a lot about a like what does this tell us about god but also these stories as metaphors in our lives and what does it look like and like with cain and abel and just the envy aspect and it not being like this leads to murder but where does it play out in our own lives you know yeah and like oh i had a heart dick i can't stop but <laughs> you don't have to i wish i could sometimes <laughs> we well, don't and i know <laughs> i drive but like just that like, what does envy do to us? And what, how does it hurt relationship? How does it, how does it speak in our, in our heads? And like something that really stood out in this story of Cain and Abel, like it wasn't that Cain didn't bring an offering. He yep. did. It was just that Abel brought the best, the best, the best he could. And it was like, it's not that Cain did something wrong. It's just, and maybe, maybe there's more that we don't understand. Maybe it's hard and you know, where his heart was at and all of those things. Cause like the Bible has so much about motivation. So it's hard to like yep. always know all the details, but it isn't that Cain didn't bring an offering. And it's just this idea that there wasn't enough, this like scarcity thinking, like, yeah. you know, I'm going to bless Abel because he brought me the best and the best, and best. And Cain immediately goes, shoot. Like I didn't do as good as Abel. I didn't do it as well. Here's so yeah, here's my broccoli. So now I'm angry because God blessed Abel and not me. And so now my response is killing Abel. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yes, the worst stories may lead to this, but I think envy is still, Ugh. 
part of everything all the time. And it's like, it may not be murder, but how does it destroy? How does it destroy other people? How does it destroy us? How does it, you know, like that scarcity mindset where there's not enough for me, there's not enough for you. Like if you're more blessed than I am, or I think you're more blessed than I am, like what does that do to me? And like our relationship, you know, and thinking God's not going to bless me too. You know, it's just very... I don't know. It's very destructive. Yep. The brilliance. The story. I mean, I love moments when you go, this is like the writing of this is brilliant. Yeah. Because if it was written where, all right, here's exactly what Cain brought. It does give more insight, but it, and here's exactly why it wasn't as good as Abel's. Right. Then it would be, we discovered the formula. Yeah. Right. Reload. Uh-oh. The internet died. That was sad. He's like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> did you put your last name on it? No. Um, all right, I did, just so you can, too. It looks like it kept recording, so we'll see what happens. Yes. Ah, cool. I'm just about to say, I don't know how long you, it was, was like that. You had something brilliant to say, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, internet. Well, I, I don't remember what it was. Oh, well, that's yeah. good. But, uh, well, the th- again, if the the brilliance of the writing of this, if it said exactly what Cain did and what Abel did, and because just part of human nature would be, Perfect. If I want God to be happy, I will do exactly what Abel mm-hmm. did. And if I don't do what Cain did, then I'll be okay. Yeah. It's written with its intentional gap. It goes, it points to, I mean, what you do is important, but the heart behind it is apparently the most important. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, it's not, I mean, this can be, we play it out. Like if you say, I don't know, God seems to like it when I go to church. Mm-hmm. I went to church, so therefore God must be, I'm okay with God. I'm like, oh, but what's happening inside of you is is such a key port, port part of or portion of what's really, really happening. And so um, when I think about, again, the parable of this is that uh, um, what what's happening inside of me may or may not be pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. I don't really like that. I would like it to be. Um, yeah. And when I discover that, I have an opportunity to choose. I love God's response to all this. Is he, he like comes up to to Cain and he goes, "Listen, if you if you do what is right, you'll be all right. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. No big deal." And yeah. and he doesn't take that as like an encouraging moment. He fumes. Yeah. And. When I am ruled by envy, mm-hmm. um, man, it it really changes how I see God. When I'm ruled by envy, yeah. it changes how I see people, and really changes how I see myself. Mm-hmm. And the the worst part of me processing this this week is that I go. So what is the obstacle to envy? Uh, how do I never feel envy again? Right. And I just go. Well. <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. this is not a passive decision. Yeah. And uh, it may not, a feeling, I think Cain could have said, boy, I hate this. Yeah. It makes me envious of my brother. Uh, but he had opportunity to not murder him. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like, like just looking at all the stories of Genesis and like thinking of Adam and Eve again, and when, when they, you know, they ate the fruit and all of that, and then they hid and like the way God processed through that, you know, why are you hiding? You know, the shame piece that like they could, they responded with the shame piece. And it's like, Cain just let the, he's like, I don't know if he felt, he probably felt shame, but also like running from it. Like God comes up to him and goes, uh, have you seen your brother though? <laughs> and and, this is, and he, he's like in the sink, yeah. washing his hands. I'm get the fine. blood, get the blood off. Yeah. And, and he goes, "What? Made my brother? Am I my brother's keeper?" I'm like, yeah. "That is." Yeah. You're like, like envy. It it took away. Yeah. Guilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it gave him the right to do what he did, Whoa. or he thought he did. But it's yeah. like when. Our res- like, I think it is so much about a response. Because something I think a lot about is like my motivation is never a hundred percent what it should be. Like, that's right. I mean, yeah. like for all of us, I don't think our motivations ever always right. You know, mm-hmm. or like, but I like, love it we... if I can check a moment where I go, I was pretty close there. <laughs> I was pretty close there. <laughs> I almost made it. Yeah. But that response to going, okay, maybe my motivation wasn't right there. How do I? How do I handle that now? How do I, instead of running and hiding, we, we work through that with God and not, not the shame, just shame spiral. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. maybe I'm not making sense, but well, you were, I, I, again, life is hard and things don't always work out as we'd like. And the, the doorway is open for us to, um, be just ruled by envy yeah and this is not a god scolding moment this is not a god saying you got to get inside the fences mm-hmm. um but this is rather god going whoa you get this is gonna this is this is gonna buddy this is gonna this can break things so to walk this out as a parable um you know when you realize that your own motives were off Mm-hmm. And not as pure as you'd hope or would like, or at least like to other people to know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a moment to to let that spiral. Yeah. And I feel like Greg and I, maybe it was we were all there together, but like the, um, we've had moments culturally, culturally here in Minneapolis where uh, envy has gotten really ugly and mm-hmm. caused people to do ugly things. And uh, the cultural trauma, it's... Yeah. Injustice is the worst, but when injustice yields uh, a call to action that is um, justice, beautiful. When injustice yields a call to action, which is envy and the, the wrath that comes from it, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't diminish the injustice that took place. And that's, you know, what happened here, the, you know, maybe isn't a perfect parallel to what injustice is, but, but the response can be, uh, be compounding. It's intense. Yeah. yeah. Agree. We're going to, just mentioning like our, some of our last questions in this, but, you know, perspective of God's blessing and how it impacts, and even God's favor and how that impacts our relationship with him and our relationship with others is it's important 
uh, to not just be looking for the, so what's the answer? Um, how is greater perspective of God's blessing and his favor, his approval? How does that impact my relationship with him? It improves it. <clears throat> uh, good for you. How does it impact your relationship with others? It makes it better. Mm. Fine. Uh, you can, you can Google that. Who cares? But if you want to, the value that my family, my neighbors, my world needs is to truly see how, take, wherever you're at, take one step closer, uh, one step towards understanding God's uh, blessing and his, his favor. Mm -hmm. yeah. Take one step. Yeah. I think that's a good challenge for this week. And uh, thanks for, thanks for working on that this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott will be gone for the next couple podcasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll just be missing one Sunday, but just a couple yeah. back ends. Yeah. He's going to Germany. So excited for you Fun. and the fam to go and to hear about yeah. time over there. It's great. So thanks. You we feel will... like we need Rich to, to like, that's his new job, he said. What? To give us yeah, the, the conclusion. He like, he's good yeah, at just, conclusion. Yeah. just conclusion. Yeah. Sorry. I I didn't listen so, to the last two weeks. That's okay. It's, I just well, wanted to make sure. One of, the best, one of the best messages I heard on this thing <laughs> was a race analogy. So when you're running track, right, there's lines on both sides of your lane. And if you're running straight and you keep your eyes on what's ahead of you, you run in your lane. But if you start looking next to people, then you start to weave. And a guy named Robert Mundu taught on this and just said, if you're in your lane, if you stay in your lane and keep your eyes on Jesus, you're going to run like and walk, run towards him. You're going to run straight. And that's where the, the envy piece comes in is don't keep looking at what the other people are doing. That doesn't make sense. But then if you jump ahead to Ephesians, Paul kind of ties all this together. And it, I didn't realize how much it bounces back to Genesis until today when I looked at it, when you guys were talking, but. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, it jumps back to the, for we are God's handiwork or masterpiece or worksmanship, which, which ties into the beginning. God created as good, right? Mm -hmm. And then it says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us. It doesn't say to do good works for some people. It says that we all have that calling of good works. So we don't need to envy other people's stuff because we have good things to do too. Yeah. So that was the, the thing that was hitting me is like, God talked to Cain, you know, hey, do good stuff. You know, if Cain was doing good stuff and there was good stuff in his heart, he'd be fine. Yep. And that's that's the call that keeps getting echoed in the New Testament too, is yep. we are good workmanship, good master, like masterpiece is one of the translations. Yeah. And now we have good things to do that were planned for us a long time ago. Yeah. So do your good things. Do your good things. Yeah. Cool. We'll see you guys next week. Later.